RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be confused with medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement. But as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. And we're back. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Red Pill News Live. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and tonight we're going to be talking about a series of very, very important stories. Of course, Tucker and Don Lemon, that was probably the biggest story of the day in terms of people sharing and clicking and stuff. But there's a lot of other really important things that have happened as well, including rats jumping off a sinking ship. That's right. Susan Rice just announced she's going to be leaving as Joe Biden's domestic policy advisor. Of course, there's uh, plenty of commentary from interesting people about why Tucker might have been fired. I think it's obvious why Don Lemon got fired, but it is a bit strange. You know, why would CNN or not CNN? Why would Fox News kill their golden goose? And the lady doth protest too much when it comes to Hunter Biden. He is really doing everything he can to push attention away from himself and his own legal issues. But of course, that's why we're here. I hope you guys had a great weekend. If you wouldn't do me, wouldn't mind doing me a solid, hit that like button on your way in. Please share the show. Help us by getting this information out there. We have a lot to discuss, and I'm really looking forward to all in, uh, all of you hanging out with me today. Hopefully, you also had a chance to check out some of the uh, Great American Restoration Festival over the weekend. And if you want to talk about that, I'm happy to tell you about that. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and we will be right back after this. All right. Good evening and good afternoon, good night, wherever it is, wherever you are. Thank you for being here. I'm so glad to be back with you all here on Red Pill 78. I love my friends at Badlands Media, but of course, I can't forget where I came from, and that would be with you guys. And thank you very much, all of you, for joining me. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope that you were able to still keep abreast of all the news and the important stories and uh, all of the things that happened while I was gone. I also hope that you had a chance to see the panels that I spoke on. Uh, I spoke on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I also helped out with questions and stuff like that. And uh, there is going to be, uh, hopefully in the future, other Great American Restoration Tours that we're doing in other places around the country. Uh, so I hope if I don't get a chance to meet you at this one, that I get a chance to meet you at the next one. I, I got to say, it's always so much fun going to a place where I can actually hang out with people from the chat in person, uh, people telling me about the effect that I I've given them uh, the, the the effect that I've had on their lives, on their on their families. Uh, I met this cool guy, Jay, Jay Triot. You might be out there in the chat. Uh, he red-pilled his mom and his dad with my show, Quarantine, during the quarantine way back when in 2020. And uh, yeah, and, and they still listen to the show. So it, it was it was really cool to hear how many people 
had, I guess, gotten red-pilled by watching my show, and then they ended up opening up to this world, uh, this this larger world with just so many different talented voices and different perspectives on what we're seeing and what we're going through. So let's talk. I want to begin first today talking about the Tucker and the Don Lemon situation. Let's begin here uh, with something that very likely could have kicked it off. So over the weekend, Alexandria Occasional Cortex gave an interview where she called for the regulation of conservative news. Now, Two months ago, Chuck Schumer asked for much the same thing, and specifically in in regards to Tucker Carlson. Uh, And then, of course, just in this past week, Fox News settled a nearly $1 billion defamation case uh, with Dominion Voting Systems. That settlement really did not sit right with me because, first of all, in order to win a defamation lawsuit, you have to prove damages. Did Dominion Voting Systems lose business as a result of Fox News or me or anybody else reporting on allegations of election fraud? I would say no. I don't know of a single contract that Dominion Voting Systems lost as a result of many people, millions of people all across America saying openly and honestly, we don't trust electronic voting systems especially when they're shown to be network connected, especially when they're shown over and over again to be hackable, especially when they're shown to have been mapped out by malign foreign influencers, people from foreign nations who have a vested interest in ensuring the destruction of our election system and the mistrust by the people of this nation in our election system. The the reasons go on and on. But at the end of the day, I find it very difficult to believe that Dominion could have proven that they had any damages at all. And again, they are a large multinational corporation. They are not a private individual who would have necessarily been harmed by claims that perhaps they were producing a bad product. Uh, Because I think that's what it is at the end of the day. We're talking about a product that doesn't deliver on the promises that it must when it's fulfilling a private function, uh, excuse me, a public function as a private company. We can't say that Dominion Voting Systems setup, uh, the system they have in place is secure because all of the information they've given us shows us that it does not align with the qualifications that are necessary to be deemed as a safe and secure quantity to uh, be fulfilling this aspect of our election system. So Fox News, they settle. Mm, To me, that kind of looks like Fox doesn't want to go through any more discovery. Certainly, uh, there were all of those text messages that were given to Dominion, and those were made public. Uh, But we didn't really see uh, anything from people higher up. It was all local talent. It was like people like Tucker. I think that there's probably a lot more juicy information, perhaps from people on the Fox board, uh, maybe Paul Ryan or even Rupert Murdoch himself. They may have not wanted that information to come out. And they also would have known that Dominion, as this massive company, they were willing to take the case as far as they possibly could, even if they weren't going to win it, because they're not really interested in uh, stopping people from defaming them. They're interested in stopping people from having that open and honest conversation about the safety and security of our election systems. So 
they settled. That just did not sit right. And then what happens immediately after that? They let Dan Bongino go. Now, Dan claims that this was a contract dispute. They just couldn't come to an agreement after 10 years. It was time. He said no. Well, you know, for for what Dan Bongino does, Dan Bongino was a large part of Fox News. He was a talking head on a number of, of, of uh, uh, shows. He had a couple of his own programs. And of course, you know, he's got his longstanding podcast. But then over the weekend, we have yet another call for Tucker Carlson to be silenced. Alexandria Occasional Cortex, the perpetual victim, uh, says that we must regulate Fox News and other news um, uh, organizations during this interview on MSNBC with uh, Firecrotch herself, the former press secretary for Joseph Robinette Biden, Jen Psaki. So uh, she was giving her thoughts on this $787 million settlement. Uh, before the trial had even begun. Now, she said, we have very real issues with what is permissible on air. And we saw that with January 6th. And we saw that in the lead up to January 6th. She's always got to invoke January 6th. Alexandria, is there anything else that you can think about? Is there anything else you can focus on for just a moment, perhaps serving your constituents? I know it's a lot to ask, but I think we'd all be better off for it. Anyways, we know how AOC feels. She doesn't want truth being openly discussed on television, on the media, on the alternative media, uh, and the type of things that AOC doesn't want to see broadcast on the mainstream media quite often are the things that we in the alternative media are talking about on a regular basis. This is why politicians are so quick to attempt to silence people on social media platforms. This is why uh, throughout the Biden regime with the Twitter files, we've seen a, a marriage of private and public entities as these private companies are doing the behest of the federal government to silence people like you and I, to stop us from talking about election fraud, to stop us from talking about the crimes of the Biden family. Well, she believed that Fox News should be subject to uh, federal law terms, essentially, uh, telling them what they are allowed to air and what they aren't allowed to air. Uh, now, considering the Democrats' propensity to broadcast exactly what they plan to do, could be very possible that AOC, Chuck Schumer, and a number of other Democrats are looking to probably push some type of executive order with Joe Biden where they will um, uh, regulate the speech of news corporations like News Corp, uh, Rupert Murdoch's Fox News. And perhaps the firing of Tucker Carlson was a way uh, to kind of head that off at the past, because now that Tucker is not there, I would argue that the last reason anyone ever had to watch Fox News is no longer there. Now, I think Tucker has had a remarkable awakening in the last several years. And very recently, uh, I feel like he has gotten closer to the truth than he ever has. And in interviews that I've seen him give um, uh, off air, not on his program on Fox News, you can tell that he's done a lot of soul searching and that there are a lot of subjects that he will now look at honestly uh, that he couldn't look at before. And certainly at Fox News, they they were kind of massaging what topics were okay for him to discuss and what topics were not okay. Now, Tucker Carlson, as I said in the introduction, was the golden goose of Fox News. 
He was their number one program. He was their number one revenue generator. I'm sure the ad rates on his program were higher than anything else because they got more viewers than anything else. And so now that they've gotten rid of Tucker Carlson, what are they going to do? How are they going to fill that time? What about all of the people who were previously only tuning into Fox News just because they wanted to see what Tucker Carlson said? Well, my hope is that those people will now leave that Fox News plantation and come here to the uh, the the uh, not it's not a plantation, but let's say a uh, a, a a a loose organization of like-minded individuals in the alternative media ecosystem. Uh, So Fox and Tucker have parted ways. Now, when this was announced earlier today, we really didn't have any more information. We had this announcement coming directly from Fox News. Uh, They said Fox Media and Tucker Carlson have agreed to part ways. We thank him for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a contributor. His last program was on Friday, April 21st. We'll talk about more of that in a second. Uh, And uh, in the interim, his broadcast slot will be filled with a rotating panel of hosts. They're probably going to try out different people to see if people tune in. I urge you to not tune in to those new programs. I think that we need to make Fox News pay in the same way that we've talked about making Bud Light pay or Maybelline, which now has the face of Dylan Mulvaney representing them. If you're a woman and you have any uh, uh, needs to uh, make decisions on what type of makeup to wear, Maybelline is now one that you should probably consider not using. But the announcement was made this morning. And as they said, Tucker's last program was on Friday. Uh, So the big question was, when did this conversation actually take place? Uh, And it would appear, based upon Tucker's comments on the last program, that he believed uh, he would be coming back, that the contract negotiations or whatever it, uh, it was probably didn't happen over the weekend. If I had to guess, they probably called him first thing this morning and said, guess what? We're not going to continue with you. You can go ahead and go do your own thing. Uh, Now, obviously, people in the industry, Dan Bongino, he said he was shocked. Uh, People, uh, liberals such as uh, the ladies of The View, uh, they were very happy about Tucker Carlson getting fired. But it did not seem that anybody in the conservative incorporated sphere had any idea that Tucker Carlson was going to be leaving. Here is the final moments of Tucker's final program. And you can hear what I mean when I say that he acted like he was coming back. Pizza delivery man called Tyler Morrell and ever conscious of the opportunity to use our job to get free food, we thought we'd like to taste your pizza. Tyler Morrell joins us in studio. He will deliver literally anywhere. Tyler, it's so great, for great to meet you in person. A couple Coco's pies. So we at these are from Coco's, established 1978. Everybody loves Coco's pizza. That's right. Where's Coco's base? Uh, Aston, Pennsylvania, and Delaware County. Delaware County, yep. best part of the state. I think Ooh, we have a special cheese pies. We have a special pie for you okay. here. Here's Tucker's pie. So I. Oh, so you can see Tucker's having fun. He's having a good time. Okay, he's not somber. He doesn't give any indication that he's had this conversation, that he's not coming back. He says at the end of this segment, and it goes on for another two minutes, he says, we'll be back Monday. Now, in saying we'll be back Monday, I don't know how you could get any more obvious uh, to show that Tucker Carlson believed that this is it. Now, 
He also spoke at his Heritage Foundation over the weekend, uh, and he talked about the liars and the shills that are in the mainstream media. He talked about the virtue of being true to yourself. The speech that he gave, uh, the points that he met, talking about what we are facing culturally as a nation, you know, not in terms of uh, right and left, but we're talking about survival of the human species, guys. That's where we're going with this. And this should be a nonpartisan issue. But Tucker Carlson hit on these things, and that is uh, apparently a bridge too far in today's world. Now, RFK Jr., who was just recently interviewed by Tucker Carlson, one of only a handful of mainstream media journalists to do that, and I think Neil Cavuto was the other one that I saw that had interviewed uh, RFK Jr., and I hate Neil Cavuto, um, he had his own theory. And uh, and if you also take a look here, uh, as I said, most people who were watching Fox still, after all this time, after all the lies, after turning on President Trump, after calling the election for Joe Biden in Arizona on election night with so many more votes left to count, the people who were held over were only there for Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson was the number one revenue stream for the Fox News Corporation. Their stank, their stock, their stock has tanked uh, from the moment that they announced that Tucker Carlson would be leaving. Now, RFK had this to say, Fox fires Tucker Carlson five days after he crosses the red line by acknowledging that the TV networks pushed a deadly and ineffective vaccine to release their to please their pharma advertisers. Well, I can get behind that as a possible reason as well. Now, no matter how much money Tucker Carlson brings in, Pfizer being the number one advertiser at Fox News and all of these other mainstream media outlets, they probably said, hey, you know what? We don't want to accept Tucker Carlson calling us out on our bullshit. Get rid of Tucker and we will increase our ad buys, you know, by however many millions of dollars you need. We will uh, ensure that you remain on the air at the same revenue levels that you were under Tucker Carlson as long as you get rid of him and you allow us to continue to propagandize and proselytize to the American public, trying to convince them that these uh, modified RNA clot shots are somehow going to cure them of anything, not just allowing their bodies to produce useless proteins that build up in your systems and your cells and take over the cells themselves to create spike protein producing factories. Absolutely dumb. Super Conbro says, I checked out a store in NYC near Rockefeller Plaza, Fox News Studios, Bud Light. They're all sold out. Well, that explains it. <laughs> so you're saying that they're still drinking Bud Light at Fox News. That would not surprise me. Not surprise me at all. All right. Uh, continuing on here. Uh, yes, just to talk a little bit more about the stock. Uh, so, you know, when we're talking about stock price, um, you know, we're talking about a couple of percents, but for a company as large as Fox News, a couple of percentage points can equal many, many millions of dollars. Now, for anybody out there who owns Fox stock, I'm sorry that you haven't sold it yet, but perhaps maybe this is going to be the wake up call that you need because the only reason they had any profitability at all is because people were watching for Tucker Carlson. Uh, maybe there are still people who are tuning in for Maria Bartiroma or something like that. But I feel like every other, maybe besides Waters too, okay, Jesse Waters. But I, I, I predict that uh, since they let Tucker go, they might be looking at letting Jesse Waters go as soon as possible. 
because unless they can take Waters and turn him into the next Tucker Carlson, then he, uh, well, until they can, unless they can turn him into the mold that they want to fulfill the hole left by Tucker Carlson, uh, then he would be the next Tucker Carlson, somebody pushing the truth too much and therefore pushing the envelope in a way that they couldn't handle. Now, what was extremely interesting about the firing of Tucker Carlson is that it comes on the same day, almost at exactly the same time as the firing of Don Lemon. Now, unlike Tucker Carlson and his letting go, uh, Don Lemon has been rumored to have had his head on the chopping block for weeks, if not months. He was let go from CNN effective immediately and I heard about it, and then I immediately went to Don Lemon's Twitter, and you can see that he put out a bit of a, a, a note, a twit longer, if you will. What's interesting is that he claims that CNN didn't even bother to call him. This <laughs> Now, Tucker might have been the moneymaker for CNN or for Fox News, but Don Lemon was not the moneymaker for CNN. He was a diversity hire. Uh, he was a sympathy hire. He had all of these things. Not only was he gay and black, okay, but he was also very, very dumb. Uh, he, if, Don Lemon found it difficult to comprehend some very basic concepts uh, when he was on the air. And he was a perpetual drunkard at the New Year's Eve celebrations that Fox News would have. Anyways, Don says it best. I was informed this morning by my agent that I have been terminated by CNN. I am stunned. After 17 years at CNN, I would have thought that someone in management could have had the decency to tell me directly. At no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue, uh, excuse me, that I would not be able to continue to do the work that I have loved at the network. And that, my friends, is a lie because the conversation about letting Don Lemon go, not only for being a sexual predator, but for also being generally bitchy to women, probably because he's jealous of them, because he will never be a woman, no matter how hard he tries. Uh, there was a lot of conversation about letting Don Lemon go. He, there's no way he was blindsided by this. Unless, of course, I'm right when I say that he's probably the stupidest man on uh, modern television. So I suppose there is a slight possibility that that's the case. But he said it's clear that there are some larger issues at play. Yeah, maybe it was the guy who said that you sexually assaulted him. Uh, where you Remember where Don Lemon like supposedly like took his fingers and wiped the sweat off of his balls and then stuck it under that dude's nose? Like, can you imagine a more disgusting, a more disgusting betrayal and invasion of your personal space. He said, with that said, <laughs> I want to thank my colleagues and the many teams I have worked with for an incredible run. They are the most talented journalists in the business, and I wish them all the best. So, you know, Don is a little bitch, OK? He's got to get out there. He, he's got to make that statement. Uh, he's got to put himself out there as a victim because he is perpetually a victim. Uh, now, uh, and, and, and let's un, let's not forget, I, I mean, like they have been moving Don around the network uh, for a long time. Ever since Trump left office, nobody has had a reason to watch CNN. People tuned into CNN to see what garbage CNN was broadcasting about Donald Trump, to see what their point of view was on certain things so that we would know how to fight against it. But they are so far from relevance at this point. 
So letting Don Lemon go is just in the same vein as letting Brian Stelter go. It was a matter of time. The only reason it took longer is because he was a black gay man. Brian Stelter, just a white gay man. So what's kind of interesting about Don Lemon's statement is that CNN, uh, they claim that it's totally fake news, that uh, that's not how it went. Um So their PR team followed up with their own announcement just a few minutes later. CNN and Don have parted ways. Don will forever be a part of the CNN family, and we thank him for his contributions over the past 17 years. We wish him well, and we'll be cheering him on in his future endeavors. Good luck with your podcast, Don. Uh, This statement does seem to contradict a little bit of what Don Lemon was saying about how he was so unceremoniously let go. And then an hour later, CNN changed its tune and blasted Don Lemon as a liar, where they said this, Don's statement about this morning's events is inaccurate. He was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter. So sounds like he got a call from his agent. They said, Don, CNN's letting you go. They want to jump on a call and do it the right way. And he said, no, I'm just going to play the victim card and we're going to act like CNN totally screwed me over because it'll be better for my book. It'll be better for the interviews when they finally allow me to come back on. Uh, When I go on alternative uh, platforms, he's probably going to go on the Young Turks. I mean, think about all of the different lefty places that Don Lemon could go. So not only Tucker and Don Lemon, but we got a big shakeup at MSNBC as well, or rather NBC Universal. Uh, this is the CEO of NBC Universal, Jeff Schell. Uh, he's been forced out after a sexual harassment investigation. This is Jeff on the right. Uh, yes, Fox has become CNN. And, and let me be very, very clear. Um, the only thing that separated Fox News from CNN, from MSNBC, uh, from any of those those fake news propaganda rags, the only thing that separated him really was Tucker Carlson. And that's why I say there's no reason to watch anymore. Uh, you can watch clips of Jesse Waters. You can watch clips of Greg Gutfeld. You can watch clips of The Five on YouTube or on any other streaming platform, anything like that. You do not give your time, your money, or your attention to CNN in the same way that you stopped giving, excuse me, to Fox News in the same way that you stopped giving CNN your attention a long, long time ago. So Variety is reporting that Jeff was forced out after this investigation into his relationship with the woman on the left, quite the looker, Hadley Gamble. She is a correspondent who's based in Abu Dhabi. So we had a securities filing, which came out today, uh, where Comcast, who was the parent company of MSNBC or NBC Universal, said that they got a complaint about this uh, inappropriate relationship. They say that he was sexually harassing this woman. And as a result, he is out. So uh, I don't think that any of these firings... uh, at the end of the day, are going to have a very impactful result that we're going to see uh, firsthand. I mean, Fox News will continue to shill. They will continue to get more and more liberal. And as long as they have commentators like Nancy Mace coming on and supporting the idea of murdering babies through abortion, 
uh, then they will continue to lose their conservative base. The people that made Fox News, if it wasn't for conservative America, blue collar, working class conservative America, then Fox News never would have risen to prominence. If it wasn't for Donald John Trump, then Fox News never would have attained the heights that they did before and during his first term in office. They signed their own death warrant when they decided to call the election for Joe Biden. Now, as all of these people are getting bad news, so too is the Biden crime family and Hunter Biden. So uh, you can get to them in the links in the description of this video, but you will be supporting this program. And I know that everybody is in a difficult spot financially right now. I've just had a, a number of people very recently that have had to cancel their monthly memberships to the program. Uh, if there is any way that you can support the show by supporting the sponsors, you will still be doing me a major solid. And uh, I know that it's difficult right now, and I hope that in the near future, each and every one of us is going to be happy, healthy, and prosperous again. And in the meantime, I am working on the healthy aspect of it. Super Conbro says, November 3rd, 2020 at 8.15 p.m., Fox News called Arizona for Biden. Haven't turned on cable Fox News since. Not in my house. Good. That was the last time I bothered watching something live on Fox News myself. I was watching what had happened, and I was just stunned. Uh, Trisha, Q Patriot, Texas, people who like Tucker will be looking for him on other shows. If he comes to Rumble, Foxhole, et cetera, we could get more viewers. That would be cool. I think you're you're absolutely right. Uh, and it, funny enough, John actually tagged Tucker earlier and said that if he was to send a resume over and maybe some examples of his work, we would consider having him on Badlands Media. Now, I will tell you this. I did see uh, a, a couple of photos of Tucker and James O'Keefe hanging out very recently. What do you think if Tucker and James O'Keefe were to uh, to organize forces together? You know, I think that that could be a formidable powerhouse. Whatever happens, I think that Tucker will be successful in his next iteration because, uh, you know, he has a voice that a lot of people resonate with. And when you have normies whose only exposure to the truth is coming from Fox News or MSDNC, they hear somebody like Tucker and they think, oh, gosh, you know, he's the one who's telling the truth. Honestly, what I hope is that people get led to Tucker and then they open up and red pill on other subjects. And that's when they come to us. That's when they come to we are the news now here in the alternative media, uh, because we are the ones who are truly giving the truth where truth is due. Uh, so, yes, thank you very much, everybody, for hanging out with us. Um Mm. So Gail says it's interesting that Tucker never featured James O'Keefe in the last two years. I honestly believe that that is uh, that's that's a Fox News decision. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Because from how it looks, I mean, they are close. I mean, they're close and they're friends. So if Tucker made the decision uh, of his own free will to not feature James O'Keefe or any of the uh, Project Veritas um I guess, exposés, well, uh, then perhaps they will not do something together, but we'll have to see. All right, I, I, we have to talk about Hunter Biden. 
Hunter Biden and his current and ongoing legal issues. Now, we learned over the weekend that uh, they could have brought charges against Hunter Biden like well, well in advance of where we are today. An IRS whistleblower has come forward. They are actively seeking the opportunity to testify before Congress. Uh, They've had damning things to say about the Biden crime family and the coordination of the Biden family with the mainstream media and, of course, other facets of the U.S. government to try to squash stories about Hunter that are negative. Well, I think that this would fall into one of those categories. I'm sure you all remember London Roberts. She was the beautiful lady of the evening, the uh, the exotic dancer that uh, Hunter had an out-of-wedlock child with. Yes, that's right, a bastard like Jon Snow. Well, she is petitioning an Arkansas federal court to put Hunter in jail until he hands over his financial records in an ongoing paternity case. Documents have been filed in Independence County, and I thought that this was settled. Uh, I had no idea that Hunter and London were still at it in terms of the legal system. I thought that she already proved paternity. Uh, I thought that uh, she already got some sort of order in place for support on a monthly basis. Um, but it looks like Hunter is trying to reduce the amount of money he's paying every single month. Hunter, here's a pro tip. Perhaps you shouldn't go around bragging about the amount of money that you're laundering through uh, uh, fake art and, uh, and art auctions and stuff like that. Because, you know, I mean... it. That's the first thing I would think of, you know, I mean, like if you go out bragging about how much money you're making, then the people that you owe money to are going to come and ask for that money. So Hunter is saying, no, I can't do this. I don't want to pay her. Uh, and uh, and here is London herself. There she is in Washington, D.C. You can bet she is trolling the Biden crime family. Joe Biden will not acknowledge this grandchild as his. Uh, he pretends that the the Hunter London baby just doesn't exist. Look at this. She, she's kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> I just mind my own business. And here she is in Washington, D.C. Good on you, London Roberts. Uh, and here she is drinking a drink and just hanging out. Okay, we don't really actually want to go to London's uh, t- Instagram file. But London is asking the court for an extreme measure because it appears that Hunter has been ducking and dodging and uh, doing everything he can uh, to stop this proceeding from taking place. London is asking the courts to incarcerate Hunter in the Cleborn County Detention Center until such time as he complies with the court's orders and answers discovery. The court is asking for financial records. Undoubtedly, they may be asking for text messages and communications with perhaps his accountant or perhaps his business partners. Uh, And since Hunter Biden is not willing to or has up until this point been unable to present that stuff, um, London is asking for him to be jailed until he does bring it forward. I mean, this is not something unheard of. This has happened in many cases here in the United States in the past, just perhaps not in such a high profile situation as Hunter and Joe Biden. Now, Hunter's financial records are relevant not only to the London Roberts case, but I'd say that it's uh, fairly relevant to the state of the nation right now. We'll talk a little bit more about Hunter's business dealings in just a second. But these financial documents could show to the American people and to London Roberts, uh, their legal team, 
as much information as we need to know about Hunter Biden's financial situation. As we know, there are ongoing investigations that the House Republicans are using to look into the crimes of the Biden family and Hunter Biden specifically and a whole host of other Biden crime family members. If we can get a look at that, well, then we can see exactly where Hunter Biden has been covering up in the past. Now, Bring it back one more time to the IRS, who is currently also engaged in an ongoing investigation into Hunter Biden. There is a potentiality that Hunter Biden was also dishonest with the IRS. So by producing evidence and discovery in his custody battle, in his paternity case and and child support battle, he runs the risk of incriminating himself in the investigation by the IRS. Let's be honest. Somebody like Hunter Biden, anybody with any amount of means is going to try to lighten the load that they pay yearly in taxes. And Hunter, for a couple of years anyways, didn't think that he needed to pay taxes at all. So I think that we have a couple of different things going on here. Hunter does not want to pay more money. Hunter also thinks that he can act with impunity, that because he's a Biden, uh, he can do whatever he wants. He's not going to have to worry about it. Daddy's going to take care of it. But also Hunter realizes that he's probably lied on a number of different occasions to a number of different authorities and that if we bring it all together, it's just going to be all that much worse for him. Mingo314 says, perhaps wishful thinking, but get John to get Tucker on a Badlands show. This would be a gateway of further exposure to America first alt media. I know this is a stretch, but worth a try. Thanks, Zach. Yeah, I think it is worth a try. Um, I've actually reached out to Tucker Carlson in the past. He's he's a he's he's a busy guy. You know, I mean, like, you know, people have said uh, that they they wish that I could answer my emails more. It's difficult. okay? and I don't have anywhere near the audience that Tucker has. He has assistants that are probably solely employed just to read his messages. But yes, John has already begun the process of trying to get Tucker to at least do an interview on Bad Lanes. I, I, I would love to be present for that, actually. So. Now, the question remains, why is it that they need to go pick Hunter Biden up uh, to put him in jail? I mean, if they were really willing to do that, it should be easy enough to figure out where Hunter is. But it appears that in an effort to duck law enforcement and not fulfill these obligations, certainly he's not fulfilling the obligation of discovery in his uh, child support case, It looks like Hunter may be living at the White House because he can't get served there. He can't get arrested there. Nobody's going to come in and mess with him. He's got his own bedroom. Okay, he's got the whole basement, probably has a really sophisticated ventilation system so he can smoke as much crack as he wants to. Maybe he's got a deprivation tank down there. We've seen what he does with those. But living at the White House would explain why we've seen Joe and Hunter together so many times recently. Joe has gone on a number of overseas trips, and it seems that every single time Hunter Biden is there, there's also been reports that Hunter is acting as an advisor to his father on a number of things. At this point, Hunter is abdicating responsibility for a four-year-old girl that, yes, he made with a stripper, all right? I don't know anything about this woman other than she was employed as a stripper when Hunter Biden and her uh, had coitus, okay? But they made a baby. So he needs to be the best possible father and role model that he can be for her. I don't have a lot of faith in Hunter Biden. 
Hopefully, London Roberts is uh, more than enough for this child uh, to be raised in a loving home. Uh, Hopefully, the money that London Roberts is siphoning off from the Bidens is also enough to raise this child in a loving home. The only thing I don't like about that is that the money that she is getting undoubtedly is coming at the expense of the American taxpayer. There is a grift in place that the Bidens have perfected And any money that they take home, uh, whether it's from payment from Bohai Harvest or payment from Rosemont Seneca or it's payment from the proceeds of his art auctions, every single one of those things is going to have some amount of American taxpayer money funneling going on. Uh, These people are raping, robbing, and pillaging the American public. And that money is not only going into their own bank accounts, it's probably going into the accounts of many of their family members. It's also going into the accounts of uh, maybe foreign nationals, people who also have a vested interest in fleecing the United States. The Bidens are not Americans, as far as I'm concerned. The Bidens are essentially foreign spies. They are working on behalf of a foreign government or a foreign entity, and it is not the United States of America. Now, I stated earlier, uh, Hunter and Joe have been spending all this time together. He's advising. He's perhaps living with him. Well, uh, it looks like he's also got his lawyers working on uh, essentially heading off all of these investigations at the pass before they can actually come to pass. That includes demanding counter-investigations into chief figures of the GOP House and the GOP Senate. Uh, Right now, Hunter's lawyer wrote to the U.S. Department of the Treasury's Office of the Inspector General regarding former Trump administration official Garrett Ziegler, a friend of the program, and also to the Office of Congressional Ethics about Republican Georgia Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Now, Garrett, of course, famously uh, put together Marco Polo. He cataloged the Hunter Biden laptop and he put it out in a paperback form, which I have a copy of. And then, of course, you can access the whole thing online at uh, MarcoPoloUSA.com. I think that's uh, that's what it is. But listen to this. Hunter's lawyer says that Ziegler's handling of suspicious activity reports and Green's constant criticism of the Biden family are worthy of a federal investigation, okay? This is not worthy of a federal investigation. These are a private citizen who used to be a government employee and a current sitting member of the House of Representatives using their power to investigate the things that the federal government refuses to investigate because they are corrupted, because they are co-opted, because they are owned and operated by the Biden crime family, because they are owned and accessing the benefits of working on behalf of the Chinese Communist Party. He continues, Ziegler has used Mr. Biden's suspicious activity reports and other financial records to craft a false narrative that Mr. Biden is associated with a human trafficking ring. Is it just Garrett Ziegler who has put together the possibility? Remember, many, 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 many months ago, years ago now, when Hunter Biden's laptop came out and we found that picture of his tattoo of the Finger Lakes. Well, remember recently I just brought you a story about human trafficking ring exposed in where? The Finger Lakes. 
And we have the very financial transactions and conversations and video of Hunter Biden himself from his own laptop discussing his use and abuse of Russian and Eastern European prostitutes. Now, we still don't know what additional Biden crime family members may have an overt or direct connection to human trafficking. Uh, But I have to believe that considering that Marjorie Taylor Greene has asserted that and uh, based upon all of the individual evidence and investigation we've done out here in the alternative media, there has to be additional connections that we have yet to specifically catalog. These are the things that need to come out in the investigatory process. Now, Garrett Ziegler, of course, got those uh, SARs and published them on his website, Marco Polo, and it has all of the financial in- information that can link Joe Biden with all of these other entities, I- including including uh, illegal monies that were obtained from J.P. Morgan. Now, the letter that Hunter's lawyers are sending out uh, comments on the issue where uh, Ziegler claims to be an insider at the bank provided him the reports. I don't know exactly if Garrett was ever working for J.P. Morgan or anything like that, Um, but they also brought up his participation and cooperation with the current House Oversight Committee, which is being chaired by James Comer, who is a Republican from Kentucky, uh, and also saying that his use of these suspicious activity reports, which are public record in a press conference, uh, where he tied Hunter Biden to human trafficking. Um, I'd say that there is ample evidence to suggest that there is some connection to Hunter, the Bidens, and human trafficking. Because how else are you going to get a Russian or a Ukrainian prostitute from Eastern Europe over to the United States? Um, Thank you, Dave. I appreciate that. How are you going to get a woman like that over here if not by trafficking her? And if you are paying money to an organization or to a, a pimp or a handler for sex with a woman who's been trafficked, Well, then you, my friend, have a connection to human trafficking. You are directly involved in human trafficking. You could even say that you are profiting from the ill-gotten gains from the wicked fruit of that human trafficking. Because certainly Hunter was out there smoking crack cocaine, uh, brandishing guns, and sleeping with a whole bevy of prostitutes in a number of different videos that you can find on his own laptop, which was released by my friend Garrett Ziegler at Marco Polo. Now, the Treasury Department has confirmed that they've gotten this letter requesting investigations from Hunter Biden's lawyer. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, has come out and uh, and commented on this as well. Uh, this is, I believe, just a different version of her discussing Hunter's involvement with a human trafficking ring. Let's go ahead and listen. Articles of impeachment were that Hunter Biden paid non-resident women who were nationals of Russia or other Eastern European countries and who appear to be linked to an Eastern European prostitution or human trafficking ring. Okay, so once again, these Russian and Eastern European prostitutes are not being brought to the United States on a work visa, okay? Because despite the left's attempts to normalize sex work and uh, the idea of selling your body for money, uh, this is not 
a valid reason to come to the United States and visit. You can't say I'm coming to sleep with uh, uh, important American VIPs for ridiculous sums of money. I don't even know how much it costs to sleep with a prostitute, but I have to believe that if they're trafficking them in from another nation, uh, there's a certain level of overhead over them. And if they are expected to be the types of prostitutes that are going to be sleeping with the son of the current president of the United States, however you want to say it, uh, then I think that that person would probably have a fairly high price tag connected to them. But if they are being trafficked and Hunter is paying to have sex or to abuse these poor women, then by very nature of his own actions, he is connected to a human trafficking ring. If Sheriff Grady Judd got Hunter Biden ensnared in a Polk County human trafficking sting where Hunter Biden showed up at the local Holiday Inn expecting to sleep with an Eastern European prostitute, but was instead met by the brave men and women of the Polk County Sheriff's Department and Grady Judd himself, Hunter Biden would be listed as being part of the human trafficking ring that was just brought down in Polk County by Sheriff Grady Judd. So his his attempts to get investigations into people doing investigations into him, they will ring hollow and they will be unsuccessful. It is merely an attempt to intimidate. Continuing with Marjorie. This is what we're looking at at the Treasury Department. Actual proof. These are SARS reports because Hunter Biden was engaged in human trafficking. That's not just hiring an occasional prostitute, ladies and gentlemen. He was engaged in an actual human trafficking ring. Okay, so break that down even just a little bit more because she makes the distinction between occasionally paying for sex with a prostitute. I've always felt bad for someone uh, or for people who felt that they needed to pay for sex with somebody else because it takes away anything special about it. And of course, it, the insinuation is that you are, are so lonely and you're unable to meet someone that you can connect with in that way. Uh, there is someone out there for all of us. Uh, and truthfully, you do not need to resort to that. And at the end of the day, there is always the possibility that if you engage in that type of behavior, you could be assisting in the victimization of a person who doesn't want to be there. Because you know, I, I would probably imagine that if you have an appointment with an Eastern European prostitute, you show up to the hotel room, they're going to do everything they can to probably not get beat by their Russian thug pimp. Uh, and they're going to make you believe that they want to be there. For Hunter Biden to have the ability and the history of sleeping with prostitutes occasionally to being engaged in a human trafficking ring, that sounds to me like he was engaged in the procurement and shipping of women so that he could abuse them once they got over here to the United States. And we know about Hunter and the Bidens, their very intricate business dealings taking place in Ukraine and across Eastern Europe. That is the perfect place to bring in women who don't want to be trafficked because you've got a war zone. You've got 
uh, international flights coming and going, the the Red Cross. You have all of these non-governmental organizations. This is why Ukraine has been a hotbed for child trafficking for so long, because you have an active war zone going on. Children disappear. Their parents are murdered. Their houses are blown up by the Ukrainian military. It's been the perfect storm of conditions to traffic children out of that nation. And it's the exact same perfect storm to traffic women. He was paying a lot of money for it. And these aren't these aren't women that were his age. These were very young ladies. You know, I as a mother of of very young ladies. Very young ladies. You know what is Hunter? He's in his fifties. Okay, so is it possible Hunter was paying for underage child prostitutes? Absolutely. Absolutely. Who's the guy from New Jersey? Bob, um, oh, I, I I have put his, his, his name out of my memory. He's the one who went to the Dominican Republic and was sleeping with children in the Dominican Republic. Somebody out there will remember. I, for some reason, I can't, can't remember his name. I keep wanting to say Bob Guccione, but that's the guy from Penthouse. Um, I, somebody will see it and they'll tell me. Okay, continuing. Daughters who are in their early 20s find it absolutely appalling and disgusting that the son of the president of the United States, the son. Bob Menendez. Thank you so much, you guys. Bob Menendez. Bob Menendez, an unrepentant, likely pedophile, certainly somebody who was arranging for sex with people, women who were under the age of 18, so which that makes them girls. Bob Menendez meeting with, quote, Dominican prostitutes who are child prostitutes who are being trafficked. Okay, Hunter Biden probably doing the same thing. Of the former vice president of the United States is financially engaged in human trafficking. This is a crime that has to be punished and we cannot allow him to get away with it. We have to bring justice on Hunter Biden. I absolutely agree. I hope that Marjorie Taylor Greene takes this particular time in history to press this one issue. All right. I don't care what else you work on, Marjorie. Represent the interests of your constituents. But while you're there in Washington, D.C., represent the interests of this committee and investigate the crimes of not only Hunter Biden, but also the many other Bidens that we have come to know in the investigation of Hunter and his family members. Now, we have those ongoing investigations going, and I'm sure that you saw uh, James Comer over the weekend had uh, had a conversation with uh, uh, Maria Bartiromo about all of these other Bidens that have been involved. Now, those Bidens have yet to be named. But when you're talking about a criminal network, uh, which spans nation after nation, and we're talking about the laundering of tens of millions of dollars, it's only natural to assume that you could only launder so much through Joe and Hunter and Frank and Jim. You have to start going and branching out. That's why they also used Jill. That's why they used the wives of Joe Biden's brothers. Uh, they also used Hunter Biden's uh, children, his uh, his his stepdaughter. What was it? His, uh, his the Natalie Biden, the one that he had potentially engaged in some type of uh, uh some type of inappropriate relationship, shall we say? But all the while that this is happening, 
And Hunter Biden is just an unrepentant drug dealer and uh, drug abuser, uh, unable to get his stuff together. They have to rely on other people. So we need to find out the names of those other Biden crime family members that were profiting off of the selling and the fleecing of the American people. We need to know what the extent of their involvement was. We need to understand what was going on throughout the entirety of not only the first Trump administration, but since the beginning of the Hunter and Joe Biden administration. So these are some of the things that are top of that list. Obviously, the laptop investigation, any related criminal actions that have taken place that we can prove with the laptop. These investigations have been going on for years when you talk about the DOJ and the IRS and Merrick Garland has been shown just over this past weekend to prove positive, be slow walking these investigations into Hunter Biden. That was proven and will be shown even to a larger degree by the IRS whistleblower who's come forward as long as they don't kill him. Now, we also have, as I stated, the nine Biden crime family members who have been actively involved in this tens of millions of dollars of money laundering that have been coming from foreign sources. We also have those suspicious activity reports that Hunter appears to be very, very sensitive about. Um, We have uh, hundreds and hundreds of these suspicious activity reports, and every single time one of them was filed, you know that goes up the chain. But nobody did anything because, once again, it was the Bidens, the same that happened with Jeffrey Epstein. More news came out about Jeffrey Epstein as well. I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Also, as I said, tens of millions of dollars that we're talking about, so there should be no problem in following the money trail. Uh, And, of course, we have not only Ukraine, but we have China and the CCP itself. Uh, And there are a host of other nations that were involved in the total grift. Now, We also learned over this past week that Joe Biden and his campaign were directly responsible for the creation of that letter that was drafted supposedly by some 50-odd former intelligence officials. These were just people that were vying for a job in the new Joe Biden administration. These were people who were willing to do or say anything to obfuscate the truth so that they could confuse the American people and make them believe that Hunter Biden's laptop had all the hallmarks of a Russian disinformation operation. A pair of dirty underwear on the floor could have all of the hallmarks of a pair of Russian gangster briefs that were worn uh, while he was like running on the track. It doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. Oh yeah, that looks like it might be this. Oh, it has a hallmark of this. And they knew, okay, they were well aware that a, a large portion of the American public would see, oh look, The mainstream media is reporting, saying this Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. Uh, Now, what's really shocking about it is that it wasn't just a deep state operation that was organically created. This was organized and this was put together by Joe Biden, his campaign, and of course, Anthony Blinken. Anthony Blinken had a deep connection to the creation of this letter that was presented and signed by all of those intelligence agents. Now, 
the new Wyoming representative, Harriet Hagman, who took over for Liz Cheney, the uh, soiled the soiled pile of dog do who now has no political career from this point forward. Uh, she's asking that Anthony Blinken be brought before the House Weaponization of Government Committee so that they can answer questions about that letter and about all those 51 intel agents who had claimed that Hunter's laptop was Russian disinformation. Now, as I stated, Antony Blinken played a key role in getting this done. Antony Blinken has been Joe Biden's lapdog for years and years and years. And there's a lot more than just Antony Blinken and, uh, and Hunter and Joe that need to ask questions about this. I think that Every single one of those former intelligence officials need to be brought before this weaponization of government committee because they knew at the time that what they were doing was dishonest and they knew that their cachet, their respect within the industry and the general ignorance of the average American who doesn't go deeper on subjects like this. They knew that they were going to be pulling the wool over people's eyes. So on Saturday, she called for Secretary of State Blinken to appear before this congressional committee, answer questions about the role that he directly played in crafting that letter by those 51 former intelligence officials, because we know that Hunter Biden's laptop was legit. It's been shown time and time again. So she gave an interview on Sirius XM. I think it was with Breitbart. She said, uh, when asked if, he, if she was going to be bringing him in, she said he better, he needs to. We have either the judiciary or the weaponization committees. We need to find out what happened here. And we need to find out to what extent he is compromised. Because again, as Secretary of State, his obligation and oath is to the United States of America and the American citizens. Could it be that Antony Blinken could be impeached himself and removed from office? Uh, articles of impeachment have just been drawn against uh, Alejandro Mayorkas at the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, Jim Jordan, who was chairing that weaponization committee, and Mike Turner, who was chair of the Intel Committee, both on Thursday said that CIA Deputy Director Mike Morrell had testified to Congress that back in October of 2020, Blinken, who at that time was a senior advisor on the Biden campaign, had reached out to him regarding the New York Post's story on Hunter Biden's laptop. That prompted Morrell to write a letter signed by 50 other former intelligence officials suggesting that the story was Russian disinformation. I have to I have to ask the question, did Mike Morrell know the full extent of what he was doing? Did he do any type of research or did he just get told by Joe Biden's campaign that this was a Russian disinformation campaign? I'd like to see more conversation with Mike Morrell, but I I, I, I have to give him props for even bothering to come forward. A former CIA agent who is essentially tattling on the entire intel community. Uh, but Harriet Hagman also said the highest ranking U.S. diplomat coordinated a conspiracy to undermine a presidential election. Congress will be investigating this and we expect Blinken to comply with every request. Anything less would be a betrayal of his oath of office. And at the end of the day, this entire situation is once again the demonstrable example of the Democrats and the deep state apparatus having done exactly what they attempted to insinuate Donald Trump did. What did they say? That he, uh, he, he, he had somehow altered or affected an election? The argument of DA Manhattan, DA Alvin Bragg's case against Donald Trump is that his 
his his financial reports somehow gave the American public incorrect information. He influenced the election. Of course, these reports and, and the dates that they're citing all took place after he had won. So I don't know, unless Donald Trump is a time traveler and, and, and uh, Alvin Bragg is trying to tell us in that way, I don't see how that could have worked. But we take a look at a situation like this. The American public deserved to know about Hunter Biden's laptop. I got my channel deleted on YouTube because I talked about Hunter Biden's laptop. I lost my Twitter account at the time because I dared to speak about Hunter Biden's laptop. Okay, I had everything swiped out from underneath me, probably at the behest of the deep state Biden apparatus reaching out across the aisle, getting the New York Post shut down, getting anybody on any social media platform who had the bravery to discuss what, in my opinion, was the most important story of the year. And they got it shut down so that they could keep the truth from the American people and they could influence the election, which is exactly what they're trying to say Donald Trump did. Donald Trump never influenced the election outside of showing the American people that he meant business. And the reason Donald Trump has remained as in popularity in the way that he has, the reason that people continue to support him is because we know that he's real. We know that he's going to do what he says. And we know that Trump 2.0 will be the death knell of the deep state and everything they have going on. All right, so... uh I need to also make sure you guys are aware. I mentioned something about mice or rats, rather, jumping ship. Um, there's been a lot of talk recently about Joe Biden's popularity and how the majority of the country just doesn't want him to run. That includes basically all Republicans, uh, anybody who's an, an independent, but also a vast majority of Democrats and even more specifically, the under 35 Democrats who is the audience that Joe Biden and the Democrats need to court if they hope to get legitimate votes to win in the next election. One of Joe Biden's top advisors has been Obama confidant Susan Rice. Susan Rice was a big part of the Obama administration for both terms. And during Joe Biden's short stint in office so far, she has been his kind of uh, uh, policy czar, his domestic policy chief here in the United States. So the policies that you see Joe Biden espousing, the very ones that are destroying America and are turning brother against brother, well, these are probably coming directly from the mouth of Susan Rice. This was an effort by the Obamas to ensure that they maintained control over Joe Biden and that he didn't go too far off the reservation. Because not only is he a frail, aging, elderly old man with issues uh, surrounding dementia and Alzheimer's, but he's also just not particularly well built. He is unintelligent on good days, and he had trouble formulating sentences that were coherent and that were based on his own original thoughts all the way back in the 1970s and 80s. And if you compare his behavior at that time to his behavior today, it's quite obvious that the man is not the same. And you can take that how you will. But Susan Rice was there to ensure that Joe Biden continued to play the same game that Oh, Biden or you know, Biden that Obama and Michelle 
had wanted him to play while he was there. Uh, remember, Barack and Joe, no matter what Joe says, they they did not like each other. They did not get along because I don't think Joe Biden liked the idea of kowtowing to a, a black man. Uh, I also don't think that he liked the idea of being shoved out, not being able to be president first. I think that he, just like Hillary Clinton, thought that he deserved it, you know, and he had tried a number of times. He also knew that his expiration date was rapidly approaching and he couldn't at a certain point realistically become the president. But Susan Rice, as the national security advisor and domestic policy advisor, uh, has had a major impact on the fabric of American life. National security advisor under Barack Obama, domestic policy advisor under Joe Biden. Uh, she is stepping away from her activities here in federal government. Uh, and she says that she will continue to do work in her personal life. Um, Susan Rice, uh, touted as one of her major accomplishments, um, uh, uh, getting uh, uh, that that insulin cap in place, um, adding mental health to the Affordable Care Act, also adding the $35 insulin uh, cap to the Affordable Care Act. You know, I, I know that insulin is a life-saving medication, but I think that people might not need to take insulin if they weren't being fed uh, poison foods, uh, unnatural foods, uh, non-nutritive foods, if they weren't being fed things that were uh, pumped up with uh, with wheat gluten and calories based on empty carbohydrates, then insulin wouldn't be an idea. When you eat properly, you don't have to worry about taking insulin. Um they were also really big on making marijuana illegal. And obviously under Joe Biden, uh, he uh, did that one kind of uh, um, sleight of hand executive order where he pardoned anybody in prison for a simple marijuana possession and there was no one in prison. So basically sends the message that we're just not going to go after pot anymore. Um but Susan Rice leaving the federal government, I think this is a good thing. Uh, I think that uh, hopefully what's happening here is the Democrats realize that Joe Biden and the Biden crime family, their name is mud based upon all of the aforementioned stories we talked about with the investigations into what exactly is going on with their finances. Pretty soon that is going to get right up to the doorstep of the Obamas and either they need to sacrifice Joe Biden or they need to start preparing themselves for the investigation to hit a lot closer to home than I think they were willing to do. All right, you guys, um, let me go through some of these thank yous over here. I just wanted to say, uh, appreciate y'all hanging out with me. We've got 3,200 people here watching over on Rumble. If you guys wouldn't mind, please hit that like button. Please hit that share. Uh, if I go over to my friends on the foxhole, Sean Joe, thank you very much for that cookie. Filter Dog One says, "Welcome back. I hope you got some rest. I I was able to get a little bit of rest this morning. I um I, I got home around six thirty in the morning, and then I was up and at them at ten. Uh, let's see, Space Coast. Good to see you. Dropped a cookie. Just Ducky says, "Glad you're back safe from Arizona." As am I. Uh, also says, "Was talking with my brother today, and we're wondering what agreement was made with McCarthy with the J six footage." I am not certain exactly what in agreement was made. Um, from what I understood, it was supposed to be exclusive initially, and then he agreed to release it to other people. Now, I don't know exactly what's happened there. Mm. Hold on. I have some mushroom additives here in my coffee, and I'm trying to make sure that I get all of it. Mm. 
It's good stuff. <clears throat> All right. Um, Boise Blanc, thank you very much for the cookie. Hang 10 Alien Surfer, appreciate the cookie. Janice 17 and JBTN01. Also, you saw it here. All of them dropping cookies. Cuba Anon dropped a ship. J2 Dank dropped a cookie. Sean Joe with the cookie. Filter Dog One says, We just need some justice. I absolutely agree with you, my friend. We are moving closer and closer to justice. Just remember to temper your expectations and to also remember that. This is a a battle that will be waged over the next several years. Uh, Unfortunately, there is no quick remedy to any of this. Scout65 says, glad you're back safe and sound, RP. Thank you for all you do. Jay said, thanks, Zach. FilterDog1 says, you out of... You out of line on diabetes, Zach. I'm 5'7", 150 pounds, and eat very healthy. I didn't do anything. Uh, I'm not saying that you did anything to to bring it on. And please don't don't uh, um un, don't misunderstand my statements on the usage of insulin. I know that there are people who have a genetic thing going on that makes it so that they have to have insulin in order to properly process foods. But I'm talking about the over reliance on medications in our medical system and the, uh, frankly, epidemic levels of uh, uh, of uh, diabetes that we have currently in the United States. And I would say that those elevated levels that we have here in the United States are directly attributable to the poor diet that is being forced upon us. For somebody like you, who your body is unable to produce insulin, obviously. But please, I, I am not making a blanket statement about everybody who uses insulin or anybody who is diagnosed with diabetes. I've known quite a few people who developed diabetes later in life, and as a result of changing their diet and uh, and starting to live a different way, they were able to stop having to use insulin. So please, I'm sorry if I offended you. That was not my. Uh, um, that was not what I was looking to do. Uh, Timber Jet says, we love you, Zach. Keep on keeping on, brother. 17 is coming for you. Dropped two cookies. Vector dropped 117 gold pills. And 17 is coming for you. Dropped two cookies as well. Uh, Yeah, so uh, Democracy Seeker says, type 2 diabetes is related to high-carb diets and is reversible without meds in 99% of the cases. Yeah, those are the people that I'm talking about. Uh, Definitely not talking about somebody who is, uh, you know, predisposed in their body, unable to produce insulin and to uh, adequately uh, digest the food that they have. Uh, Okay, so this is an interesting story that I feel is also a signal of where we're going as a nation. Now, very recently uh, over the weekend, we learned about the first couple of uh, settlements that were being paid out by the federal government for vaccine-related injuries. Well, here is a case of a 32-year-old doctor, somebody who was vaccinated. The coroner has officially determined that this 32-year-old doctor and husband died of a cerebral blood clot that was caused by one thing and one thing only, and that was the COVID-19 vaccine. In this particular instance, it's from AstraZeneca. Now, she is actually suing AstraZeneca. This is not a case that's taking place in the United States. This is a British doctor who died as a result of the AstraZeneca vaccine. His name is Dr. Stephen Wright. He passed away back in January of 2021. This is just 10 days after receiving his first dose of the vaccine. Now, Charlotte, his his lovely wife, who we can see right there on screen, she was trying to get the cause of death changed from natural causes 
uh, on his death certificate, because obviously if they officially say he died of natural causes, well, then there's no culpability by anybody. So she filed this lawsuit against the pharmaceutical company and dozens of other people, probably those that were responsible for forcing her husband to take this vaccine, or maybe ones that were responsible for ensuring he didn't get all of the information. But senior coroner Andrew Harris explained in a court hearing recently that Wright's death was in fact caused by a brainstem infarction. That is a bleed on the brain. And here's the kicker, vaccine-induced thrombosis. Now, the coroner said Dr. Wright was a fit and healthy man who had the AstraZeneca COVID vaccination on the 16th of January, 2021. He awoke with a headache on the 25th and later developed left arm numbness. He attended an emergency department just after midnight where he was found to have high blood pressure and a sagittal sinus venous thrombosis. Now, he was transferred to this hospital uh, where they determined that the extent of the bleed that was happening in his brain uh, and the fact that he had very low blood platelets meant that he was not a fit candidate for surgery, and he died at 6.33 p.m. The coroner said, my conclusion as to the cause of death is unintended complications of vaccination. This is such an important ruling. To have this stated on record in a court of law, even if it's not a U.S. court, okay, because this can help us in court cases here in the United States, but certainly to help his wife and other Brits that are suffering as a result of these forced inoculations to allow them to get some type of payback, some type of recompense. Mrs. Wright, his wife, who was on maternity leave when her husband died, said that before she had received $120,000 from the government's vaccine damage payment scheme. Let me say, that is a lot more than the U.S. gives out. She got this back in August, but she had also used food banks to help support her children prior to that because those kids who are now aged nine and three, uh, and then, of course, uh, one of them being the child that she was pregnant with at the time, uh, you know, she had no ability to take care of herself or to fund her own life. She was probably being taken care of by her very wealthy doctor husband. Okay, and... Do, do, do. Thank you, 17 is coming for you for the other ones there as well. Filter Dog One, I hope you didn't leave uh, based upon the misunderstanding. Um, I Because I don't see you out in the chat and I don't see you say anything. Anyways, hey, buddy, I hope you listen to this later and I hope you recognize that I wasn't trying to, I wasn't trying to be a dick. That's not my intention. We were talking about a couple of different circumstances. Okay, so moving on from this very, very tragic story. Uh, which I think is a good thing. I think that it puts us into a, a, a unique position and we need to keep fighting back in that way. So I think it was reported recently that Governor or, or Mayor Eric Adams is, who's a, a, a vegan himself, is planning to restrict the amount of red meat that the citizens of New York City are allowed to eat. I don't know how he's going to do that, but... Uh, this seems like uh, you know, just another policy that the Democrats have been dreaming about for the longest time. If they can control what you eat and what you think and what you say and how you feel and where you move, obviously they have total control over your life. Can you imagine? Let me ask my New Yorkers out there. If Governor Kathy Hochul 
follows through on her threats to ban the sale of all tobacco products. That would include cigarettes. That would include dips. That would include snus. That would include chew. That would include vape products. If she was to ban all that, would you remain in New York? Would you simply quit using tobacco products? Uh, I don't know that you'd be able to get uh, nicotine patches or nicotine gum because those are both derived from tobacco products. But this, uh, again, typical of Democrats is a tremendous overreach, something that uh, I I hear them talking about it, and, I, and I'm just absolutely flabbergasted. The idea that they would think that this is an appropriate thing. Get your hands off my body, Governor Hochul. I'm not a New York resident, but in the same way that you are coming to regulate what your citizens can do, this is the same type of thing that your Democrat colleagues in Washington, D.C. would love to implement all across the United States of America. Nobody in New York has any type of care or worry about all the pot smoking, okay? They're making a lot of money. They're making money, a much more money directly off of the sale of marijuana, the taxation of marijuana, than they would off of nicotine and tobacco products. But because tobacco products uh, have historically been demonized, and as Tucker had pointed out many weeks ago, uh, there is a correlation between intelligence and nicotine usage. And I'm not saying people who don't use nicotine are not intelligent, but that people who have a, 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 a higher propensity to think deeply also happen to be tobacco users or happen to be nicotine users. Uh, it's been uh, explained to me before that uh, my brain moves at a speed with which the usage of nicotine allows me to organize my thoughts. I've been told before that I have ADHD. They wanted to put me on Adderall or on Ritalin or something when I was a kid, uh, and I just was never willing to do that. But if they don't want you thinking for yourself and nicotine assists in helping you to organize your thoughts so that you can have that much of an edge over the authoritarian warlords such as Governor Kathy Hochul, then of course they're going to take that away. Pot is a wonderful medicine for a lot of people, um, but they want everybody smoking pot. And let's be honest, if everybody is smoking pot, well, that's going to significantly reduce the overall readiness of the American population. Instead of being active and physically fit, they might be eating a brownie and then just playing some video games and then basically not caring what the government does. I know that's an extreme example, but I honestly believe this is what they want. They want us doped up. They want us uh, fat like the uh, uh, the people in Wally. Uh, drinking big gulps and essentially driving around in uh, motorized hovercrafts. And they want us to be smoking weed and just to be as doped up as possible. So would you remain in New York if tobacco products were outlawed? Uh, I, you know, I think that um, there are people who undoubtedly would go ahead and stay. I don't think I could do it, to be honest with you. I, I, I think that I might have to in the interim because nobody can just like sell their house and get out from under it immediately. Uh, but I think that it would give people significant pause as to whether or not they wanted to stay there. Oh, Varner says I'm grilling a bone in ribeye right now. Oh my gosh. 
That sounds so good. I am starving. You guys, we're going to have to wrap this up in a moment because I do have baseless conspiracies tonight at 1030 uh, on um, uh, Badlands Media. We are finally going to be talking about deep underground military bases. So if that tickles your fancy, then please be there tonight. Um, What's really interesting is that Mayor Lori Lightfoot was attacked throughout the entirety of her time as mayor of Chicago for being soft on crime, for refusing to do what was necessary to protect the constituents that she was elected to serve. And the people of Chicago spoke in a resounding voice to tell Beetlejuice that she needed to hit the streets. She needed to get out of public life leave office and go do something else because she was spectacularly bad at her job. I saw a comedian roast Lori Lightfoot over the weekend. It was so funny. I'll try to find it and uh, play it for you guys tomorrow on Occam's Razor. But the entire time she was there, she had, you know, a lot to say about uh, gay rights and trans rights and uh, about uh, uh, little kid drag shows and uh, also, um, you know, allowing illegals into the city. But she didn't have much to say about all of the gun violence that was taking place every single day, every single weekend in inner city Chicago, where uh, overwhelmingly it was black on black crime. You know, black on black crime doesn't sell in the same way as white on white crime. Uh, or uh, when you have, uh, uh, from the from the right perspective, when you have black on Asian or black on Jewish crime, you know, those are stories that people will talk about because it points out the hypocrisy of the messaging in the mainstream media. Mainstream media, all they want to talk about is this racist incident or that racist incident. Uh, and they forget that people of the same color can also be racist against each other and they can just simply be pure or evil, or have been raised by a failed and broken system, perhaps the child welfare system there in the city of Chicago. Well, ironically, after getting told she was no longer wanted by the people of Chicago, she did this panel over the weekend at the African American Mayors Association Conference, uh, where she spoke for the first time, as far as I'm aware, about the violence facing people. Uh, Epstein info, please. Oh yeah. Um, I need to. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to find it. I'm sorry. I, I almost. Uh, I almost left without uh, pulling that up. Let me see. I can remember it off the top of my head. But we'll let me finish this real quick. She. She had this to say about violence in cities like Chicago a city that she allowed to essentially burn to the ground on her watch. She said, as Democrats, if we don't speak the truth about violent crime in our cities, we will be the worse for it. I mean, case in point, Lori Lightfoot, you've got it. You right there are the prime example of not saying something about it. She said, I come to this conversation as a former federal prosecutor. I come to this as a former defense attorney. I am the sister of a returning resident, but I know that there are people in my city that are raking havoc every day and that need to be taken off the street. That's reality. So where in the hell were you for the last four years, Lori Lightfoot? You seem to have no concept or awareness during that time that that very thing was happening on the streets of your own city as you 
stood by and watched it burn into a pile of ashes, which is why you're no longer there. Now, the great irony is the people of Chicago, they've elected somebody who might be even worse. And I hope that he is. And I hope that this is going to bring significant awakening opportunities to the Democrats of Chicago who have yet to leave the Democrat plantation. So let me get the new information about Jeffrey Epstein and the case against J.P. Morgan Chase. Oh, let's see, Epstein. Uh, so this is a very, very odd story right here. Um, so if we go here to this article uh, from Law and Crime that I saw uh, last week. Um, text messages have been revealed in this case against J.P. Morgan Chase and uh, the official J.P. Morgan Chase representative that worked directly with Jeffrey Epstein, uh, where in text messages between Jess Staley, the Chase uh, employee, and Jeffrey Epstein himself, they joke about a 16-year-old Miley Cyrus uh, using Jeffrey Epstein as a sugar daddy. Now, as far as I am aware, there is no specific evidence to show that Cyrus was trafficked or in any way abused by Jeffrey Epstein. Um, and this could have just been like a very poor quality joke, uh, or it could have been kind of pointing to the idea that Staley and Epstein were in the habit of trading back underage girls back and forth because that was the business that Jeffrey Epstein was in. And of course, Miley Cyrus at that time was a, a, a symbol of sexuality to pedophiles like Jeffrey Epstein. Um, the year that this text message was sent back in 2008, Miley Cyrus performed uh, a song called Sweet 16 at a birthday party in California's Disneyland. And that was right around the time that Jeffrey Epstein uh, was a brand new sex offender because he pled guilty to soliciting prostitution from a minor. Now, all of these things taken in the totality are interesting when you read the conversations between Staley and, of course, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, we had the communications disclosed this past Wednesday. J.P. Morgan's senior executive, Mary Erdos, received a message that year asking whether Jeffrey Epstein was attending an event with Miley Cyrus. So this is not just Staley. This is another banker at J.P. Morgan Chase who is discussing the fact that Jeffrey Epstein and Miley Cyrus are at the very least at the same event together. Now, as they say in the article, there's no evidence to show that this was based on anything factual. It could have just been a very poor quality joke. But Erdos went on to become the CEO of J.P. Morgan's asset and wealth management branch, and she admitted in a recent deposition that the bank was aware that J.P. Morgan Chase was aware since at least 2006 that Jeffrey Epstein stood accused of paying cash to have underage girls and young women brought to his home. So her knowledge of Jeffrey Epstein's proclivity to traffic underage girls came as early as 2006. And by 2008, she was joking around about Miley and Jeffrey Epstein attending an event together. I tend to think not. 
There are a number of other revelations that came up as a result of this case in the Virgin Islands. Now, they recently got the right to sue J.P. Morgan Chase. Why? Because they claim, and I think it's quite evident, and the testimony of J.P. Morgan Chase officials will show that they knew that Jeffrey Epstein was profiting off of a human trafficking scheme and that J.P. Morgan Chase, by proxy, allowing him to do business there, was also profiting off of this human trafficking scheme. From 1998 to 2013, well after the time that Jeffrey Epstein became a sex offender registered in the state of Florida and probably anywhere else that he needed to go, New York and whatnot, they knew exactly what he was doing. Uh, So as more information continues to come out, we get new text messages, we get new depositions, uh, but uh, it shows that the case against J.P. Morgan Chase and Jess Staley is very, very strong. There is also another case, uh, which is, I believe, against Deutsche Bank, and that is a class action lawsuit, which is being brought by a number of Jeffrey Epstein victims. But here are the complaints from the lawsuit. Two years after Jeffrey Epstein's plea, they claim that J.P. Morgan compliance officials thought that their rich sex offender client should go, that they did not want to do business with them. But for whatever reason, he stayed on as a customer for three more years. Now, we also found out that with a number of these suspicious activity reports, the information about Jeffrey and his accounts was sent directly on to CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon, for what they called a Dimon review, which meant that J.P. Morgan Chase and the person running J.P. Morgan Chase at many different levels were aware of Jeffrey Epstein's proclivities his habits, and the source of his ill-gotten gains, which were being laundered through J.P. Morgan Chase. The official at the time, back in 2010, noted that Jeffrey Epstein should go because there are a lot of smoke and a lot of questions surrounding his activity, noting that Jeffrey Epstein is alleged to be involved in the human trafficking of young girls, and law enforcement is also allegedly investigating his involvement in this activity and described him as an alleged personal associate of Jess Staley, the J.P. Morgan Chase employee, former, who is now being sued, being brought up on charges by the Virgin Islands themselves. Now, once Staley left J.P. Morgan Chase, he became the CEO of Barclays, another huge European bank. And he didn't have to leave that position until he was probed by British regulators many years later. And this was in regards to money laundering. Anti-money laundering operations went to a private bank risk meeting late last night uh, requesting that we exit this relationship. But they never they never exited. And Jamie Dimon was aware of what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. And plenty of people at Chase were also aware of what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. Now, J.P. Morgan Chase also monitored reports of a DOJ investigation into Jeffrey Epstein's relationship with Jean-Luc Brunel and his company, MC2 Model Management. Jean-Luc Brunel was famously arrested and suicided, much in the same way as Jeffrey Epstein in his French prison cell. Now, about a decade before Jeffrey Epstein's arrest, we had French modeling scout Jean-Luc Brunel gaining international reputation as Jeffrey Epstein's alleged procurer. People knew ahead of time that if Jeffrey Epstein wanted young European girls, he went to Jean-Luc Brunel and he brought these girls over. Now, 
Both of those men, as I said, were suicided inside their prison cell. You can take your guess as to why that might have been. Uh, Brunel had, for many years, been on the radar of U.S. law enforcement. And back in 2011, J.P. Morgan's senior compliance official had this to say. The one, the one new concerning thing is the article about the DOJ investigation, which is saying they brought underage girls to the U.S. via a modeling agency, M2, that is owned by a guy named Brunel. Turns out the banker said today, we extended Epstein alone in relation to this modeling agency. So let that sink in. J.P. Morgan Chase knowingly extended credit to Jeffrey Epstein for use in this modeling agency. That, to me, sounds like J.P. Morgan Chase financed the human trafficking of underage girls under the guise of modeling, bringing them from the United States, excuse me, bringing them from Europe over to the United States. Remember that terrible story about Jeffrey receiving a pair of twins for his birthday? Sick, sick stuff. So J.P. Morgan Chase was directly involved in the human trafficking. It's no wonder the Virgin Islands is going after them. Also, J.P. Morgan allegedly opened private banking and credit card accounts for 18-year-olds said to be in Epstein's inner entourage who joked that he was their sugar daddy. So these are young women that Jeffrey was in sexual relationships with that he had credit cards put on his account at J.P. Morgan Chase so that they could go and do whatever they want as part of his entourage. Uh, So we're talking about a lot of money, a lot of money exchanging hands uh, for a bunch of different things. Uh, Also, J.P. Morgan's compliance appeared to be suspicious of Jeffrey Epstein's donations to local law enforcement at the time of his first investigation. I think that anybody with half a brain would understand that that is a little bit suspicious. Jeffrey Epstein gives donations to law enforcement and they reduce his charges. We have uh, our... our, uh, We have people saying that Jeffrey Epstein belongs to intelligence. I mean, come on. And also, J.P. Morgan Chase appeared dumbfounded that their clients, supposed billionaire clients, other than L. Brand's founder, Les Wexner, didn't exist. Because as we've shown in the past, Les Wexner was really Jeffrey Epstein's only large billionaire associate. Uh, He had all of these other people that he wasn't managing their money, might have been hanging out with them, might have been getting payments from them. Um, But Jeffrey Epstein's money came out of nowhere. So J.P. Morgan Chase, long and the short of it, was well aware of everything the entire time. And yet they continued to do business with him because they were profiting to a gross degree. All right. um, I don't think we have any rumble rants. So, yeah. That's it for that. Uh, let me say thank you to FilterDong1. Uh, please no more F-E. Please no more F-E. I don't know what that means. F-E. 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 I don't know what that means. All right. Well, listen, guys. Uh, if you are, uh, if you haven't yet, please hit that like button. Please uh, hit the share. Let everybody know about the show. Join me tonight at 1030 on Baseless Conspiracies. We're going to be talking about deep underground military bases. And don't forget to support the program by visiting onenessdrops.com where you can use code RP78 to get 15% off your chlorine dioxide kits 
Also, shopbull.com, S-H-O-P-B-U-L-L-E.com. Get your serin oil, get your green zone, and if you don't like the green zone berry, then you can get the green zone chocolate. Use code RP78 for 10% off. Both of those things will not only help you, but it will also help the show. Good luck, everyone. God bless. I'll be back also after tonight, tomorrow at 1 p.m. for Occam's Razor. We will see you then. Good luck and God bless.